Welcome to your medical SLP brain feed with the Speech Uncensored podcast. I am Leanne Porter, your host and burnout survivor. As a result of my very distasteful experience with burnout, I've started studying how to successfully manage stress through the help of some very knowledgeable experts, one being my guest on today's show. Jessie Andrix has traveled down that path of chronic stress-inducing burnout and equipped herself to make meaningful change with tools that she's going to share with us on today's episode. All right, so let's buckle up and learn how to manage SLP stress with Jessie Andrix. All right. Hi, Jessie. How's it going? It's going great. Thanks for having me on here today. Oh, I am so excited. I'm no, like, I'm legit. Like I am really excited about today's talk because I mean, I don't handle stress well. Like I am terrible at it. And this has been like a lifelong problem. I've been being like awareness that I don't handle stress well. And then like, okay, Leanne, figure it out. Like how, how do other people handle stress? How are you supposed to do this? So I am going to the source, Jesse. Please help me figure out how to manage my SLP and, I don't know, life stress with um, mindfulness and your other techniques. Yeah, well, it's it's a good thing to try and work on. And I think it's so funny because I don't think anybody knows how to handle stress. Oh, thank God. I just so like, much better. <laughs> and it's it's one of those things, like, I think unless you've, like, specifically studied it and learned about it, then you don't know. And then there's like some people that are just like really lucky and just, just aren't stressed. They just like, don't have that in them. But I think that's super. Yeah. Weird. I don't like, them. like super I don't like them at all. <laughs> I don't understand it. I, I think I just fake it really well. Um, I had someone the other day at work be like, man, you just like, you can do it all. Like you just, you take on things. And I was like, uh, yeah. And then I freak out as soon as we like yeah. leave the meeting because <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh. So I think we're like all really good at faking that we know how to handle it. And privately we're inside. Like, yeah. Ah! Raising my hand up over right. here, <laughs> waving it proudly in the air. <laughs> it's, like, it's like not a skill we're taught. Like we're taught so many things like in school and growing up and then it's just like okay now you're an adult and you're like well, what about all the adult things that I don't know how to handle and we're just like left there to figure it out and I think it's because like the people that would be teaching us they probably don't know either so we're all just that's true and we're all scrambling feel, a little bit I feel like with like stress it's management really it's kind of tied into just like uh mental health, like holistic kind of perspective. And we really in our society just don't put an emphasis on that health status whatsoever. It's yeah. So I would just like to see all of those things addressed more prominently in our health. Like if you go to the doctor, they should be able to, it, it shouldn't be separate. Like your mental health should be just as important as your body and your physical health and your lab levels. You know, that should be a really crucial part of every wellness visit every year. I totally agree. And it definitely is not most places, you know, you right. find like, the I'm glad it's gaining momentum, but I don't feel like things. even doctors who are going to become, you know, primary care doctors are who are established. Maybe the ones coming out of school are getting more and more of that, but yeah, 
Okay, that's a random soapbox, and I'm just getting off that, Jesse. You take it away. And here we are. Back to you. <laughs> no worries. It's all good. But yeah, so I, I am. I'm an SLP, uh, but I also work with stress management. And really, it did start like you were, like you were saying. It, it's, it started because I needed some stress management and uh, didn't really know what to do. I thought I knew what to do and I would go and try stuff. And then I would be like, that didn't really do anything. Or like, you know, like I'd go, I went to a yoga class one time. I was like, I'm going to go to yoga because it's so peaceful. And then I was just like in my head the whole time. And I was like, well, this isn't helping me at all. Like I still feel really stressed. So sometimes we have like bits and pieces, but we still don't know what to do. But yeah, so I started as an SLP. I mean, like we all have. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think school was pretty intense. I think my undergrad was like this like, big romantic like view of the speech therapy world. It was kind of like, you can go forth and you can conquer and you can change the world. And then I got to grad school and it was like, you got to study and you're going to do this and you're going to do this. And it was kind of like, like fun part, you know, like the, the excitement and uh, I got really stressed. And then I think the thing that everyone tells, like you probably heard it. I think everyone in grad school hears it when you're like, I'm so stressed. It's like, well, it's okay. It'll be better when you're out in the field on your own. And so you like go and expect lies. It is such a lie. Oh my gosh. The biggest lies ever. So it was like, cool, I'm out here. And then it was like, oh, this is not better. This is like a whole other level. Oh, it is a whole nother level of crazy because there's surprises that like grad school just really cannot prepare you for. It's just working life in a facility, in a building, in a with a corporation or whatever, you know, it's, it's just a different level. Yeah, it is. And it's like, there's that pressure that everything is on you now. Like, okay, so this is like actually up to me. I can't be like, well, I did the therapy, but my supervisor told me to. And then I don't know, like for me, and I think for most people, my supervisors when I was in clinicals were always really nice. And when they got to the paperwork, like the nitty gritty paperwork, not just the like showing me how to write goals and that kind of stuff, but like the nitty gritty paperwork, they would be like, you did a great job today. You go home and you go take a break and I'm going to go and do the like nitty gritty stuff. Like you don't need to be here for that. So it was like hiding it. And then you get out in the world and you're like, oh, there's like Medicare billing and doctor's notes to send and reports and Medicaid, like Medicaid during the school, it's like all of this stuff that we don't realize is part of the job and is super overwhelming. Wow. So it looks like your supervisors were, I don't want to shame anybody, but not that great. Cause that's one of my goals. Like when I have a student, I am like, I'm not, I'm not protecting you or hiding you from anything. Like this is your shot to understand what it's like to work in the world while you have me at your back. But like, I want you to experience what a full working caseload looks like on your own. But like, I'm right there to catch you. Like I'm right here with you, but, and to answer any questions that you have, but I want you to know all the ins and outs and what's going to be expected of you for a working day. 
you would be an awesome supervisor if I was still there. I'd be like, I know where I'm going. <laughs> they were great. They were really nice. And they, I mean, it was like, you know, if you had to do an evaluation or write a report, like your daily notes, all of those things we did. But when it was like, hey, I've got to fax this to a doctor or send this, you know, get these like those little details that sometimes you don't even realize like you're going to have to do that. You're like, oh, someone else takes care of all that stuff. Uh, that was always like, oh, I'll just do that while you're doing the therapy. Like, no problem. So I think sometimes we're like hidden, you know, and then you get out in the world. So, yeah, so I started in the medical setting on the medical side. Um, and I did, I had a very lovely first job, but I knew I wouldn't be there forever. And then it kind of started to get into like, it was a nursing facility. It kind of started to get into like the things are more about billing than are about patients side of things. So I left and went into um, hospital setting, inpatient and outpatient. And it was very rural. It was like an hour from my house. Um, yeah, no traffic, but still an hour. And then I started doing yoga teacher training, which was half an hour in the other direction. So it was like the amount of miles that I would put on my car every week was incredible. <laughs> but it was, it was the yoga teacher training was great. But then on top of that, you know, it was kind of crazy. Um, and it was just, it wasn't because it was very rural. There wasn't a lot of like, uh, there was support and there was an awesome like therapy team, but there wasn't a lot of like budget or like supplies to use. Um, and I actually got laid off due to budget cuts, which was a total surprise because I didn't think that like SLPs really ever got laid off. It was kind of like, there's always a need. So after that, the only thing in the area to go into was the schools which had like originally been my intention, like when I first decided to be an SLP. And then I quickly was like, oh no, I want to work in the medical side. But it was the only thing. So I went into the schools. I took over for, started, like I had their schedule and they started kids at 7.15 in the morning, which is super early to me. That's <laughs> so, insane. I'm like, oh, glory yeah. to be at work and working at 7.15. 15 in the morning. That's, yeah. like, that's mean, I actually. That's I felt mean. I like, I was like, this is mean to me. And then I feel mean making this kid be here this early because it was before school and it was like a preschooler. And I was like, oh, the poor little kid. Um, and it was like half an hour, 45 minutes from my house. So I, I was just like miserable the whole time. And that was when I really felt the stress building. And I was like, I'm training and I, I know how to teach yoga. So like, I know about being like mindful and like Zen and all this stuff, but it is not happening in my life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I was really excited uh, when summer came and I was, I worked for a contract company. So I was like, as the summer went on, I didn't have a placement yet. And they like didn't have a school open. And I got really excited that I like would not have to go back to work, but I wouldn't have to quit. It would just be like, a, well, there was nowhere to go. So I'll just keep teaching yoga classes. <laughs> and then like a week into the school year, they called and they were like, hey, we have a placement and it's closer to your house than it was last year. And I was like, oh, 
okay, that's, that's <laughs> fine. And it was like, <laughs> here we go. But that I ended up staying for half of that school year. And then I, I quit, like I, I quit being a speech therapist. Um, and it wasn't like, it was a really sweet school. Like the, it was a few different schools on the same campus. Everyone was supportive. The staff was great. The students were great. Like it wasn't some crazy caseload. I was just so stressed that like, just the thought of going there every day was overwhelming and too much. Like it wasn't that it was this terrible situation and no one would support. It was just like, I just couldn't do it anymore. And when I quit, they actually told me, they were like, well, if you ever want to come back or if you need references, like you come to us and we'll take you back. So it was like, I left on good terms. They knew that I was going, I was going to teach yoga and they were like, that's exciting. That's so cool. Like follow your dreams, but come back if you need to. And I was like, Hey, you guys are awesome. Sorry. I'm leaving you. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I left because it was just like stress and it was really hard to explain to people that like weren't SLPs. And then it was hard to explain to other SLPs because it's like, you didn't want to be that person where they were like, well, I can handle it. Why can't you? And mm -hmm. I don't think anyone would have thought that, but that's kind of just like where I went with it. And if I tried to explain it to anyone else, they would be like, well, all jobs are stressful. That's just mm -hmm. how life is. Like, they'll be like, that does not make sense to me. <laughs> like, why, why are we all so stressed all the time? And then it just like, I don't know, you know, like when you have someone that's in the same yeah. job, you can kind of like, they get the, the little things that are stressful. And then when you're in it, they're kind of like, so you just like feed people all day or you just like play games yeah. with kids all day? Like, you're like, well, yeah, some days and it's really stressful. And they're like, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> so... Yeah. So I ended up quitting. I quit for like almost five years. I think at one point I tried to go back and I did home health for like two weeks and it just did not work for me. Um, and then I kept thinking like, why, what is wrong with me? Like, what is wrong with me that I can't make this happen? But then there's all these other people that can stay in the field. And I just felt like it was something that was me. So I decided it was the wrong career completely. And I let my license go because I, I like didn't need it. I was like, I can activate that at any time. And then I called Asha and I was like, I don't want to pay for my membership anymore. I'm not practicing. I'm going to let my C's go. And they were like, okay, you can, uh, you have until like, I think I had like two or three years to reinstate them. Otherwise I'd have to take the praxis again. And I was like, that's fine. I'm never going to do this job again. <laughs> so I let my C's go. Yeah, like I was not, I was not an SLP. Like I did not, like if people asked me about it, like I didn't bring it up. Uh, and then someone would be like, what'd you go to school for? And I'd bring it up and they'd be like, well, why don't you do that? And I would just be like, it's just the wrong decision. And uh, 
<laughs> so, so I worked, I taught yoga and fitness and like trained in mindfulness and all of these things, um, which I later realized like the reason I think I was drawn to them was because they were just helping me heal and deal with the stress that I didn't know how to deal with. Um, and then right around the time that that like praxis deadline was happening again, the studio I worked at was closing. And it wasn't like, it wasn't that the studio was doing bad because I was help running it. So I would like to clarify, like we were doing great, but the mm -hmm. owner was moving and I was having a baby in like a few weeks. So I was like, well, I'm not going to take over a studio with a newborn. Like that's not happening. So I went on maternity leave and then didn't have like a job. And so I was like, okay, well, I could start over and I could take this baby to all these like gyms that have childcare and teach yoga classes. But that just felt like, uh, like a lot and kind of like a bad idea. <laughs> so <laughs> that's just like a lot of exposure. And, and, uh, I was like, I just need something steady and stable. And I was like, I'm just going to go back into speech and see, like, I could do PRN like one day or something. And I could do part-time instead of full-time. And so the only thing I could find in my area, like I got my C's, all the continuing ed was really all you had to do to get those back. Um, all I, that was in my area was teletherapy or going back into the school full-time. And I was like, oh, I'm not doing that. So I ended up working in teletherapy, which was like something that originally I was really scared of. But I had had a blog for a while, so I kind of knew more about, like, the back end of using a computer. And I was like, okay, like, I think I could do this. Like, technology is not super scary. And, like, you know, glitches happen. Like, this right? So, yeah. So, so I started in teletherapy, and I started, like, very few hours and then built up. Um, and I loved it. Like, I felt really connected to the kids and they were older kids, which I hadn't worked with before. So they were just like super excited about being on a computer and like actually being allowed to use the computer. Um, but then I realized I was like, all right, before I get started, I should probably see like what people are doing in therapy nowadays. Like it had been almost five years. So it was kind of like, I don't know what materials do we use or like what's the latest and greatest. Cause I have nothing and I don't know like, what's cool anymore. So, so I joined like a bunch of Facebook groups. Like, are you in any of the Facebook groups that are oh, out there? Yeah, girl. Yeah. There's like so many. They're so they were not, right? They were like not a thing, I think, or they weren't like the way they are now when I, when I quit. Cause I don't think I would have quit if I had had all these Facebook groups. Um, so I was like, yeah, Facebook groups. I'm going to like ask questions. And I went in there expecting it to be like happy, bubbly SLPs that were like, I use these and life is oh. great. Because that's like how I envisioned cool. everyone. And, and I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's like not. <laughs> okay, so there's like definitely a judgment thing happening a lot of the times, but then it's also, I was like, oh, this is just like any other place on the internet. This is the safe place to go in and vent. 
I was like, yeah. oh my gosh. So that's when I started to see, I was like, there are so many people in here talking about how they wish they could quit their job or how they don't know what to do. And like, there's a whole just- Facebook group dedicated to that one topic, like about transitioning out. And I was in that group for a while because I was like, I don't think I can do this much longer. <laughs> yeah. I think I am in that one because I was like, well, I've, I mean, I'm going into it now, but I've been there. So yeah, and it's it's a lot of just like, I don't want to be here anymore. What do I do now? What can I do? Anything. Yeah, I'll do anything. It's, it's really not about like, how can I, you know, reinvigorate my love for this field? It's like, no, I am departing from this field. What have other people transitioned to? Like, what can I do with this degree that costs a ton of money that is not what it's made for? <laughs> right. I love one of my favorites because I've so been there is like a lot of people are like, can I just go be a Starbucks barista for a little while? And just, and I was like, I have totally thought like I have been in that place where that's like, you know, what, I'm just going to do this job because the stress that people are experiencing there cannot be anywhere near Mm. what I'm experiencing in this job. It's crazy. But yeah, that's a really popular one. But that's not one that I think people are actually doing. That's kind of like the the daydream job. And then when you think about it, we're like, that's what we're dreaming about. Like, we're dreaming about making coffee, which sounds great. It's just, you know, a fantasy of not (laughs) having so much less responsibility that the biggest, the most important thing you're doing is making somebody a cup of coffee. And that just is like such a relaxing thought. (laughs) It's so appealing. It is. It is. I had a friend that when we were in school, we worked at a restaurant and it was like, we had like jobs out in the field. She was in nursing school and it was like, you would get so stressed and you were like, I'm in the weeds. I don't know if I can handle this. Like, oh, it's just crazy tonight. And like, we both into like working hospitals, like, you know, patients where there was like life or death stuff happening. And then we both left. We worked at a restaurant again. And she was like, don't even worry anymore. She was like, because their food's going to be late. They won't give me a big tip. They're not going to die. So it's all okay. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I feel like that's kind of where we're all at. Like the, well, we'll be okay. So yeah, so I joined all these groups and that's what I found. And I did find some resources, but it was a lot more of just like, I was so shocked at how, like all of the thoughts that I thought I was having alone, everyone was like typing out and just like pouring their hearts out online and trying to find other people. And so I started kind of thinking like, I don't know, it seemed like an epidemic almost. I mean, it just seemed like it was taking over the field because someone would type something and then the people would agree and talk about like how like they were experiencing it too. So it wasn't just like one person saying it. And then a lot of people being like, it'll get better. Don't worry. It was like, I know me too. I don't know what to do. So I was in the opposite place. Like I knew where they were coming from, but then I was actually enjoying the work that I was doing, but I knew I was coming at it from like a different foundation kind of like a, different stance than I had come at it before when I first started. So I tried to think about like what it was that was different besides different setting. 
And I started to like research it and look into it. And it was all of the things that I had been training in and teaching and doing were all the things that you do to help with stress and burnout. And I was like, oh, well, we need this because we're not taught this and we shouldn't have to quit for five years and take like a huge gap in our career to learn it and then come back. Like I like, I never want anybody to have to do that. And sometimes I feel like we do need to quit. Like it's just not the right for like, you know, a few people, it's not the right job, but you still have to figure out the stress part because otherwise it'll be there with whatever you go to. Yeah. Like I could quit being an SLP or a clinician and, and use my degree in a different area. Like, um, I don't know, whatever else it is we can do with our degree. There's a lot of variability out there, surprisingly enough. Like, you know, start up um, like a website that supports other SLPs. You know, that's a you're not working one-on-one with clients anymore or patients, but you're using your degree to, you know, support the field. But still, if I can't manage my stress in my job now, how would I manage my stress with that other independent venture, you know? Yeah. So no matter where you go, you're taking your stress with you or your inability or, you know, I should speak for myself, my inability to manage it. So how, Jesse, can I manage this stress? Yeah. So the good thing is that we like, we can manage it. The, the thing that I think gets people is the things that you can do to manage stress almost seem too simple or too like not backed by science or to woo woo, but really like the main thing that you can do for stress is mindfulness and self-care. And so I always feel like people are like, yes, I'm going to manage stress. What is the secret? And then you say like mindfulness, self-care. And they're like, and what else? <laughs> like, where's the big, the big mystery, you know, the big thing. And it's like, no, that's it. Like, And then when we look back, it's like, okay, I think at first, a lot of people are like, that's dumb. Like, that's just not, that's not going to work. That there has to be more to it. But then when we look back, it's like, okay, are we actually doing any of these things? Because those are the types of things that we totally cut out first, like Mm -hmm. sleep. You know, like so many of us are like, well, just stay up a little bit later, maybe wake up a little bit earlier and then we're exhausted all day. Or we like skip breakfast because we're trying to like rush out of the house to get to work. And then we just like go, go, go all day. And we're like, oh, I feel so tired. Well, we just call that intermittent fasting now. It's like low-key dieting. (laughs) That is self-care. No, just kidding. Please don't do that. (laughs) I, I often think that, um, or we like do the reverse. So I always think of self-care as being like, if I'm describing it to someone, like what it really is, it's taking care of yourself, but it's checking in with yourself or like tuning in to what you need. So it's not always something fun because sometimes like how we're feeling is not comfortable to sit with. But we've got to know what's there in order to like work through it and do something with it. And so sometimes it can be really hard. But on the surface, we think of self-care as like bubble baths 
and getting our nails done or, you know, which can be, but sometimes it has to go deeper. And then the thing that self-care. I thought, I was like, yes, self-care is more than rosé all day, (laughs) y'all. That's what I was just going to say. So then there's the other side where, I mean, I love the rhyme, but the other side is like that self-care is like tuning out, like, I mean, that's not like, that's not what it is, but that's kind of where we go with it. Like the, you know, like, but first coffee, which I love coffee and like, we'll have coffee every day, but it's kind of like the, like how, you know, like the kind of trend is to like joke about how much coffee we need to survive the day and then how much wine we need to survive Mm -hmm. the evenings or how much Mm -hmm. Netflix. So it's like a binge. Like I will binge to ignore all of the things that are happening. And that is my self-care. But that's like, that's like covering it. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of like, I will ignore it and I'll ignore it and I'll ignore it until it just like totally explodes in front of me. And then my stress like shoots through the roof because I realize. Have you installed video cameras in my house? Like stop it. (laughs) This is embarrassing. (laughs) (laughs) Right? It's great, but it is. It's like what we do because sometimes it's good. Like sometimes we need to check out those days that are like really rough, but then we're like, oh, that was nice. I'm going to keep doing that. That seemed to work. And then, and then it's just like all of a sudden we're like, I can't do this anymore. Like, oh my God, it's happening. So yeah. So that's kind of like not self-care. Right. But yes. I'm on board things. with that. Tuning out maybe once in a while is okay. Yeah. Like you do need like, to but, just cut out and recharge, but, but that's the thing. If you do that type of disconnect, you're not recharging because you're ignoring and that's what I'm doing. And I've got to stop that. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. And I mean, I'm not saying like, I definitely watch Netflix most nights, Yeah, but it's, I mean, you know, but I try and have some five hours of Netflix every day. It's like an episode, maybe two, like everything in moderation, friends. Exactly. And it's more of like, all right, I'm just going to chill out for a little bit. It's not like my day was so bad. I'm going to just totally ignore it and watch this entire series right now. Um, But again, we do have those times where like, the mental exhaustion hits you so much that you like can't think mm-hmm. and you like can't process. Mm-hmm. You need those times. But if that becomes like every day, then it's like you know there's something bigger going on yeah. to work through. Yeah. And some so, time with yourself, yeah. not Netflix. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's, I mean, self-care can be fun too, but a lot of times it's getting deeper and it has that mindfulness component to it. So I think mindfulness is kind of one of those and self-care. They're like those buzzwords that we all hear heard and we think we know, but do we really? Yeah. Yeah. And like we may use them, but then it's like, well, but what is it? And so mindfulness, I think is definitely one of those. Like, do you consider mindfulness or do you consider mindfulness? All right. Okay. So test time for Leanne. (laughs) (laughs) It's not past fail. Well, I mean, we did cheat a little bit because we chatted and you kind of gave me the rundown. So basically this is kind of like how much can Leanne recall about what we talked about? So, all right. 
So my understanding of mindfulness is that you're listening to yourself about how you're reacting or responding to situations and checking in with you. Does that make sense? Is that, am I going in the right direction? You got it. Yeah. Yeah, it is. So it's like mindfulness is all about awareness. And, and there are kind of two parts, but the second part's like, I don't think we ever talked about the second part before. So there is that, like, the main part is just like being aware of how you are like in that moment. So like how you're feeling, how you're like your thoughts, how your body's feeling, like, are you breathing or are you just like holding your breath? Cause you're so tense, just kind of like being aware or sometimes like if you're feeling really stressed, like being aware of like your reactions or your like immediate thought. So it's basically just awareness. But then the other piece is also being aware of what's going on around you. I think that part gets lost a lot because we think like mindfulness is so inward and it is, but we also need to know what's going on around us because otherwise we're not really like in the world. Ooh, wait, did we talk about this? And it was like how stress is affecting you is kind of other people are sensing that and picking up on it. So if like you have a cloud over your head, that's what you're projecting to those around you. Yeah. I don't think we talked about it, but yes, but that's it. Yeah. Yeah. So it is, it's kind of like you could pick up on, like, I always think this is super important for like therapy sessions. Like if you get in there and you're not aware of how you are, coming off or how you're feeling and you bring that into a session like they're going to pick up on it and it probably won't be a very great session but if you're not aware of like the client's energy when they come in and what they need that day and you're like this is what we're doing we're gonna go and we're doing this and they're just like not having it that day yeah it's still not gonna work so kind of both I always think of so I used to live in Charleston South Carolina which is a super beautiful like walking city, mm. but have you ever been there? Mm-hmm. I had a sister-in-law who lived there for a few years. And so we really enjoyed going over and visiting. It's so beautiful. But did you ever notice how like the sidewalks are mm-hmm. terrible? Like, they're so they're totally uneven, right? They're like uneven everywhere because it's just like super old city. And then some of them are cobblestone and you're just like, it's like, if you're not mindful, things will go really bad. So like, you have to be mindful of what you're doing, like, and, and kind of going inward to make sure you don't trip and fall over everything. Like you have to like notice where you're stepping and where you're walking and there's like tourists everywhere now. So like you have to just kind of beware. But then if you are only aware of like not falling down, like, you'll get to where you're going and that's awesome because you will not be injured. But if you're not aware of what's going on around you, you miss like the beautiful city, you know, but then if you're only paying attention to the beautiful city, you will trip. Like you will definitely fall. So like, I always think of like, you have to be mindful. Like that is like the biggest mindfulness practice is walking around in that city so that you are like, in it and you're experiencing all parts of it. I just, I always think of that with mindfulness, but 
it's those right. two parts. So how, so you're looking, the two things you're looking at is how, what's happening, the, the stressor, how it's affecting you, the result it's having on you. And then what you're projecting as a result of that stress. Yeah. Like what you're projecting or even just like, like if you were to walk into a meeting, like IEP meeting, if you're in the school or like caregiver meeting, care plan, like when you walk into the room, like how you're feeling and maybe what you may be projecting to them when you walk in, but then also like, what is the room sending back to you when you walk in? You know, well, Jesse, you how can you pick up what the room is sending you? Like, what are we looking at? Like, nonverbal language? Are we looking at like eye contact? Like, how are we judging other people's? Oh, yeah, business? nice. Like, <laughs> so yeah, all of that, and then we know it's not flawless because you know there are like like me. I always look like if I'm not smiling, everyone always tells me I look like I'm really mad, and I'm like, no, I'm just thinking. <laughs> like, I'm mad now, but. <laughs> <laughs> Like uh, constantly, my parents used to ask me all the time, like, what's wrong? And I was like, nothing. I mean, now I'm annoyed with you, but nothing. Um, (laughs) But yeah, kind of picking up like on if you know it's going to be an intense meeting, like going into it and knowing kind of how to like how to hold back or where to open up into kind of like your own energy. That sounds really woo-woo. I love the word energy, and then I hate yeah. the word energy. Um, but, like, I always think if you are working with a super, like, high-energy client, like, you've kind of got to match that or have the session be what they need or bring it back. A lot with kids. I don't think there's as many high-energy adults. We're all if they are, usually it's like anxiety, kind of a high yeah. energy. Yeah. So like with kids, if you have like a group of kids coming in, like if someone's in a school, they have a group of kids coming in, like you've got to know how you're doing to prepare for that walking through your door because you're either going to make it like skyrocket to like crazy energy or it may like go downhill. Like you've kind of got to figure out or just know like what's walking in. Or like you said, like with the anxiety, like when you have adults coming in that they're high energy because they're like frazzled and anxious and not sure what's going to happen. Like you've kind of got to be able to sense that somehow. By body language? Yeah. By body language or just um, like how they're talking. Like if they are. If you're you know, getting kind of one word answers like, to questions like, how are you? Fine. Like, <laughs> Things like that. People yeah. can express like, this is not, if yeah. they're looking away from you or shifting their body, yeah. maybe. Okay. So that's being So just being aware of right. really So is this something that will improve over time? Like if people are like, okay, I want to start being mindful. Like I see that I'm not. Like do people like hone these skills? Yeah, I think sometimes it comes really naturally to some people, like especially the observing the outside part comes really naturally to some people. And then there are some people like some of us that it's harder to pick up on cues. I mean, we work with people that it's hard for them to pick up on cues. But, 
you know, so I think it comes easier, but I think it is something like it's a skill we could work on. Whether it ever gets perfect, I don't, I don't think anybody would ever be perfect at it. Um, but having that inner mindfulness piece where at least we know like where we are and then like how we'll show up when we get there or how it's affecting us, like we Preach. can definitely work on that. Because I don't no, think that's yeah. something we I've do a lot. recently encountered where I have definitely not been paying attention to that and been reaping the negative benefits of my negative energies that I've been like spewing out in the workplace, coming back to bite me in the hiney. So <laughs> I'm going to start changing that. <laughs> I already have. I've already started changing that. So yay me. <laughs> well, awesome. And that's one of the things that goes with mindfulness and self-care. Like the other kind of chunk of it is um, positivity which again is kind of one of those things that a lot of people roll their eyes at. And it's not like you're going to ignore what's not working, but we tend to just focus on what's not working and then not focus on the other yeah, parts that yeah, are working. That's, I'm, I'm a hundred percent behind that. I was not being positive. I was only solely focusing on what wasn't working and then that was driving everything. And I was miserable as a result. And when I changed that perspective and I started like looking for and appreciating and focusing what was good, what was working, um, I got to be more positive naturally, not having to force it or be like, well, Leanne, this is just your lot in life. You just need to suck it up and deal with it. No, like I can look for the good and I can like celebrate the positive and make steps to improve what's not working. Like, I don't have to take it if I don't like it. I can be that agent of change, baby steps, little bit by little bit. <laughs> so, hey. But it's true. And I think, I think there's like two pieces to it. So, I mean, I've never done, like, I've never done a study on it for sure. But, like, SLPs tend to be perfectionists or have that perfectionism thing I don't know if it's like why we go into the field or if it's like just like drilled into us in school or both like I know a lot of schools are like realizing now that they are like like graduate programs are like oh we've got a problem here like we need to help students out with this um but I think that totally that's like why we end up focusing on the negative part even more because we want it to be perfect. We're like, okay, Mm -hmm. the good stuff is good. That's like doing its own thing. I have to fix all of this other stuff. And that's where we just focus. And then, yeah, like, and then, like you said, we don't see all these other things that are going good. We're not like making that shift, but then it's our brain too. And not just SLPs. It's just like the human brain is drawn to looking at negative and looking at like what's, stressful because that is considered a threat and when our brain developed like that part of the brain developed like you know like way back in like caveman days that part of the brain developed first yeah and so and it was because like every threat or every stressor at the time would kill you you know it was not like it was not like oh, i'm like in traffic i'm gonna be late to work it was like there's a bear and that bear will eat you if you don't like do something <laughs> Like it was just, it was a little bit, um, you know, life threatening stress, but so our brain hasn't like, I mean, it's definitely developed, but like that part is still there. So when we're stressed, our brain is like, you're going to die. 
something bad's going to happen. The worst is going to happen. And then it keeps looking for more stress, like just to have your back. But now there's so much stress out there and it's, but it's not life threatening, but it feels like our life is going to fall apart because, and it's just like little, little things. So it's like our brain is focused on the negative. So we kind of have to like train it to like, be aware of what's going on and then shift to like more positive practices. Yeah, and it it is. It's work. I think that was the surprising thing for me. I was like, what? You mean I got to work at this? Dead gummit. Don't I have enough on my plate? (laughs) It's so so true. Jesse, but it's our Oh, sorry. But um, I want to ask, tell me about some of the practices that I should be doing to, um, increase and maintain um, mindfulness and just this level of calm so that I don't fall off the horse and become all stressed and negative and sending out my bad juju everywhere. (laughs) Yeah. So the nice thing is like anything could be made mindful if we really think about it. Like anything could be made something where you're like aware, you're just kind of in that moment, you're present to it. But there are definitely things that like specific things that help. So the three big ones that I always focus on, um, either doing all three or trying one of them, the three that are kind of more concrete and really seem to help are meditation and journaling and then movement of some kind. And so I think they're a really good blend together because they kind of hit like your body's moving, you're thinking like, or not thinking, you know, kind of depending on where your meditation goes. And then you're like working through a problem while you're journaling, mm-hmm. but they're also really good. Like if you need a certain thing to like get you into using mindfulness, mm-hmm. like if you need like the gateway one, there's like one that usually fits for most people. So like some people are like, yes, I just need to sit and find some calm and take a break and relax. So like that's meditation. And then there's people that are like, I love writing. I just like want to write about what's going on or do something there. So journaling works. And then there are people that are like, uh, no, like none of that's going to work for me. I cannot be still. I cannot like write down my thoughts. Like my, my brain's just going crazy. Like movement usually works to get you like out of your head into your body and like get the thoughts out. So those are kind of the three big things. Do you have one that you think would be like your main go-to? Probably the movement. And like, it's one of those things where I already know that about myself, but it's like I'm self-sabotaging myself. I'm like, I should really... Mm-hmm. Just sit down and do some yoga right now. Cause like you can just pull up YouTube. There's a gazillion stuff out there. And I already know the guy that like I love and I've been doing like his little yoga videos like forever and they're awesome. And I think he's fabulous. And like, I just, I will not carve out the time. I'll be like, I'll just waste time on the internet or I'll be like, Ooh, I've got to do laundry instead. Or I'm so bad about that. Right? Yeah. It's like we have responsibilities. Like we're like, I have to do chores first even though it's like, or I have to finish work. And then we all do, I do this all the time. And then I get super stressed out about it. 
Um, but it's like, we push and push and push, like I have to get all of this done. But if we were to take a break and actually do like something good for us first, then we wouldn't be as like pissed off by those things we have to do. Or we also would like probably be more efficient at them, especially if it's work. Like our brain would be a little clearer, would have more energy, would be like, oh, I'm just gonna put some laundry in, no big deal. Um, yeah. I think movement is the one that a lot of people are drawn to first because it's like, it's more concrete, Mm. you know, like you've heard about it before. It doesn't seem too scary. Like you're, you're like, I will move my body somehow. I know where I can go do this or what to do, but then we still don't do it. So (laughs) it happens. It's, they're all so simple, but there are things that are like simple to know really hard to do. I mean, that's my therapy. Like I will sit there and provide this wonderful education with like a handout and it all sounds so pretty to my patients. And then I'm like, okay, well, I mean, I don't say it exactly like this, but I'm like, now the onus is on you. It's up to you to enact this. If you want to see the changes that you're coming here for me to change, like I can't change you. That's you. I'm your guide. Here's the path. Like, and sometimes there's multiple paths. It's like, let's find the path that's best for you. And unless they want to do the movement, you know, do the action, like it's not going to happen. Yeah, it's so true. And and it really is like, it's hard to make change no matter where you are. Like, and I think it's harder sometimes with this type of stuff because we're not coming at it as, well, I used to be this way and then I had this event happen and now I'm having trouble with this. It's just like, I don't know, stress is just, I don't know when it happened. It's like things, but yeah. The movement, I think, like, I always thought mindful movement, which again, a little woo-woo sounding, but really it's like, kind of like that whole binging, like anti-self-care, self-care thing uh like a lot of times we go to the extremes with it like um where we're putting ourselves or we're like punishing ourselves with exercise like well I did so terrible today I'm gonna go to the gym or like you push to the point that you're like exhausted and so I always think with like when you're using mindfulness with movement it's like you want to feel better not worse So anything could be mindful again, but like doing something that you're going to feel like if you've been frazzled, you're going to feel a little more like grounded. If you've been like really lethargic and like depressed, you're going to feel more energized kind of getting, or if your body just feels tense, it's going to feel good. uh, Balance. That's kind of that one. And then with journaling, there's like so many different types of journals like so many different ways to journal. And I think they're all good. But for like stress, I think there's kind of two like extremes to take it to. So there's one that's called a brain dump. And I just like think that name is fabulous. Um, this, right? This is like really good when you can't sleep because your like brain won't stop thinking about work or like some certain thing I hate that or you end up having dreams about (laughs) like I've been having dreams about spreadsheets lately because it was a lot of spreadsheets and I will wake up and I'll be like it wasn't even interesting like that was not even an interesting dream to have it wasn't like this like you know crazy spreadsheet that it was just like no I just had dreams of like 
I got this one done. This one's not done. Like, oh. so brain dumps are where you just like take some time and write about whatever it is that's on your mind. And that way it's like, if it's on your mind, if it's something that you're thinking about or a situation you're replaying, like the only place that it's living is in your head. You know, like it already happened or it's like an event you're like, what if this could happen? Like it's just replaying itself in your head. It doesn't exist anywhere else. So if you want to get it out of your head, you can put it on paper and then it gives it somewhere else to live where you could like look back at it if you need to, or at least just have it somewhere. And then the other one is kind of the other side of things would be a gratitude journal, which I think is becoming really popular lately. It's kind of that like other buzzword, like gratitude. Um, but this one, they've actually done like some research into why gratitude works. And it's like, because our brain is always focused on what's going to go wrong, it helps your brain like rewire to mm, start looking true. at the other things. So like the more you practice, the more you notice. Which is cool. And then journaling, and journaling is just an easy way to like kind of make sure you're noticing each day. So it's like writing down three things that went well. And that's it. That's like super easy. But then again, yeah. it's still really hard to sit down and do that each day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You got to build those habits, build a routine. And- yeah. It's and then crazy. you start looking forward to it. And then when you've written down a bunch and you go back in and you review it, it's like, wow, look at all these great things that are happening. And then you're grounding right? more and more positive vibes on yourself and in your life. And that's what you're transmitting out to the world now is all this positivity. Yeah. And that was when I never thought about it from like that side. I was like, cool. So you're like training your brain and you're you're putting it down every day. And I think it was like Oprah was like talking about how she's been doing gratitude journals. Of course, of course she has, but for years and it's like, (laughs) of course. Right. But her thing is like, she had, she saved them all. So it's like, she could go back and like, instead of a diary, you go back and you look and it's usually, you know, diaries are sometimes what happens, but most of the time they're like, this was terrible at this time in my life. Like it gives you more of like, Oh, so like September of 2009, like, someone bought me a coffee like that was really nice and then I like had this thing happen and it's like oh that was like what a nice day so it kind of gives you like you said like you could go back and you're like oh my gosh what a nice life and then there's meditation um which I think is the scariest of all three to a lot of people uh because and and I like completely honestly when I went through yoga meditation we learned about meditation and I was like cool I'm gonna do the other part like and I'm just gonna consider yoga my meditation which it could be um I don't just sit like it was so hard to do and the reason was like it's like everyone would talk about how good it was for you but then it was like okay how like I'm doing yoga my body moving I know it's good to move my body I know that it's like good for my digestion and my heart and my muscles like why is meditation so good and they'd be like well because it is it's great for your brain and for your stress and it was like but that's not really an answer so when I started digging into all of this they've actually done research now like into why people always say they feel good when they meditate and it like 
it basically just like boosts your brain, which is like the least scientific way to explain that at all. <laughs> but we have some links in the show notes to articles that you've provided that really like explains all of this. So if you're listening and you're like, this is nothing but some straight up woo woo, like you can go check out the show notes and see like what's based in like scientific fact and evidence and what the research shows and everything like that. Yes. And and medit- so and, and that's when I was like, okay, meditation is like it's a real thing. It actually makes changes in our brain and improves our brain and turns off the stress response that stuck in so it's so good and i think it's still the scariest one because we just don't know like if we're doing it right if we're doing it wrong like what it is so it's really just taking a moment to like sit down get kind of quiet you could close your eyes some people get really freaked out so you could just like keep your eyes open and like focus on something and then bring awareness in, like pay attention to what is going on with you in that moment. And that could be it. You could take it further and focus on your breath. You could take it further and have like some saying you repeat and kind of like you could go as woo woo as you wanted or just keep it very like simple. A big, wonderful thank you to Jessie for joining me and sharing her story and resources for cutting stress off before it turns into something truly nasty. Check out the show notes on speechuncensored.com to find the resources mentioned in today's episode. I want to thank you for subscribing to the podcast, and I'd love it if you left a written review on iTunes. It's about the only place that I get feedback on the podcast, so let me know what you think about it. I'm excited to announce next week's guest is none other than Dr. Ann Coomer, who is a world-renowned expert in cleft palate, resonance disorders, and velopharyngeal dysfunctions, velopharyngeal dysfunctions. Maybe she's going to teach me how to say that in our episode. Anne is joining me to discuss the impact of resonance disorders and VPI in the adult and pediatric populations. You don't want to miss it, so be sure to join us next week. Um, I'd also like to give a shout out to the listeners in Adelaide, Australia, Brandon, Manitoba in Canada, and Uniontown, Pennsylvania. Thanks so much for tuning in, and I hope that you're nourishing your brain so that your practice can flourish. All right, everyone go out there and be awesome today.